Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast, kind of, still, not really. Uh, I'm Nate Regolia. Each week we have been talking uh, about shows we watch, and uh, now we're going to talk to interesting people about uh, things that interest them. Uh, so we can sort of hold on to our sanity in these incredibly trying times. Uh, with me, as always, is, is no one. Shannon is not here this week, uh, but she'll be back. Don't worry, guys. Um, the Shan fans will all uh, have her back as soon as possible. Uh, but this week, I have a very special guest. Uh, she is a, an author. Uh, she is a, a, you know, I don't even, I don't want to bury the lead. She's a phenomenal author. She is one that uh, <laughs> we have published with Spaceboy Books, but she's so good she's been published by several other people, including having a forthcoming book that I just saw the artwork for, and it's really awesome. Uh, Pam Jones. Pam, Hello. how are you? Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, so you so you wrote uh, so you wrote Andermet County, the parable, mm -hmm. two parables, which is uh, a book that I I read. Well, you had shared with me one of the stories that was the yeah. beginning of the longer story of that for Bone, mm -hmm. um, which is was just remarkable. And there's a lot of the the topic that we're going to talk about on the show in that mm -hmm. story. I mean, that's kind of a thing that's in all of your stories, which I think is interesting. Oh yeah. Um, then Ivy Day is the book that we published at Space Boy. Um, mm -hmm. And then you've got a book called The Joyful Mysteries that's coming mm -hmm. out, uh, and you, that's coming out later this year, right? Uh, that is actually coming out at the end of July, July thirty first. Okay, so great. that is that's on its way. And what's what's that about? Can you give give the listeners a sense of what what Joyful Mysteries is going to be? Um, that is kind of about how faith and love and grace do not make sense, and in okay. fact, they seem kind of like an insane concept, but these are the things we kind of live for anyway. Right. Um, so it's the idealism of it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, very cool. That's, that, that is a theme. That is a theme in your work. So yeah, mm -hmm. so listeners, what we're going to talk about this week, we're going to talk about faith. And, uh, you know, George Michael said you got to have it. Um, <laughs> uh, Limp Biscuit reiterated that fact uh, less effectively. And in uh, these times, I think we especially need to have some kind of faith, even if it's just faith in, in science or maybe faith in our fellow humans to not be selfish idiots um, <laughs> to, to differing results. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so, so Pam, let's, let's start there. I mean, I, I want to talk to you about what's your relationship with faith? Like, do you consider yourself a faithful or religious person? I mean, how, do, how, do, how would you even define faith? Maybe we should start oh, there. Wow. That, uh, I mean, it's such a strange thing. It's, I grew up, well, I, sh I, guess, I guess I should give you some background. I mean, I grew up Protestant. I grew okay. up um, as a Bible student. Okay. Um, and if you don't know what that is, that's, kind of, that's basically where the Jehovah's Witnesses sprung off from, but we're not as, I guess, conservative as the Jehovah's Witnesses. You can still celebrate birthdays and stuff. Oh, yeah, you still yeah. definitely celebrate birthdays, Christmas. I remember going to a lot of birthdays when I was little, <laughs> all, like pretty much all the time because there were a lot of kids my age. So, um, uh, But, yeah, it's non-Trinitarian, and we worshipped um, either in each other's homes or we rented out space in, um, in Masonic lodges. Oh, okay. Um, so, so, no, so no house of worship. And there is no, no house of worship. So that's sort of, you're saying that, that like it, eschewing all of the ornamental stuff from yeah. Catholicism or 
or even uh, the evangelical Christianity, which is yeah, yeah. symbology and things. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's great about them. I mean, I was not raised with the idea of hell, um, not as a place of torment. Nobody believes that you're going to go to hell. Um, so that was something that was very comforting. Um, that, that's but, huge. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think we probably both <laughs> had stories about this. Like the first time that, that I was told about hell in the fire and brimstone uh, sort of mm-hmm. way that one can be told, uh, this was this was by a friend who was an in 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 an evangelical sort of uh, yeah. branch, um, and uh, and it was so it was such a like terrifying thing for a for a nine or ten year old to yeah. suddenly be like oh oh so there's like there's in- eternal torment for like just with, for just like, like with not fire <laughs> yeah yeah and, and 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 it's it's just there for you can be a murderer but also if you just don't opt into this effectively enough you're there unless well unless you go by dante's notion of hell and then right. you're you're in this circle you made yeah, it to this circle. i could just be hanging out with with the lawyers or something i don't have to <laughs> but no uh, but sorry i cut you off <laughs> oh no worries um but yeah that's that's a definite that was a definite plus for me um but uh, something that kind of turned me off to it was the lack of anything tangible sure yeah and um and the fact that women couldn't of course women can't be ordained women in this case women couldn't be elected as elders um you could certainly speak up and and uh during church but you couldn't sit at the podium and direct and direct a sunday okay yeah so i and i assume that translates probably to the way that say marital relationships work and things like that too there's certain like "Uh, your property sorry and that was definitely and that was definitely what turned my mom off to it as well like she's somebody who's a very take charge sort of person and she's a very successful woman and and the fact that um uh saint paul's notion of a woman should be silent and submissive to her husband that doesn't compute with her yeah so more shoot it with anyone in fairness. yeah 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 <laughs> of course wow so uh, yeah so so okay so you were raised in this in this sort of in this sort of environment and 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 you you found yourself pulling away from it then yeah 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 do you um, practice a, any kind of religion now do you or or mm-hmm. you know or what, what's maybe your relationship to faith as it exists at this point um I'm being drawn towards Catholicism, interestingly enough, um, not Roman Catholicism. I mean, as I should say now that I could never convert to Roman Catholicism on, you know, on, in good faith because of, as an institution, it has so much to answer for and so much that it's denied and so much that it's corrupted. And yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, as an institution, I can't, have anything to do with it but as a um the general credo is something that i'm moving towards um like the notion of the of many saints um and where i grew up catholicism was actually seen as the beast in revelation oh wow yeah 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 um no idea (laughs) yep oh did you grow up catholic well um okay uh my this will be a this will be a longish story, but I'll try to keep it brief. Yeah. So, 
I was I was baptized Catholic largely mm -hmm. to appease my grandparents on my father's yeah. side. Uh, my uh, grandparents on my mother's side were Methodists. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't super close to them, but we were always very, pretty, very close to my to my dad's to my dad's parents. And so I was baptized Catholic, but I was never confirmed because uh, you know neither my dad nor my mom were particularly religious. Like we weren't, yeah. we weren't a church going family. Um, although my mom is someone who, you know, she prays regularly and she, you know, she talks to me about that. And, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a comfort taken in, in, in the existence of God and what God represents and what, and what this sort of connection means. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I went to Catholic church on, on some of the most, uh, on the major holidays. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then to Sunday mass when we would visit my grandparents back East or when they would come out here. Gotcha. Uh, and then, you know, but for the most part, no connection whatsoever. Now, when I was seven or eight years old, for the course of about a month, my mom, my mom sort of said, hey, you know, you're a smart kid. Um, I want you to have a choice in what, in what you do. So what I'd like to do is let's go to these different places over That's the course cool. of the month, And you can just sit in each of these services. And at the end of it, you can tell me, you know, you decide what, what you want to do. Um, bottom line is I decided I didn't want to do any of it. Uh, but, um, but it was really, it was really informative. And I think, you know, it was, it was interesting because it was in my, in my later years when I had, I had a really good, one of my best friends, one of my neighbors, very hardcore evangelical parents. Um, mm -hmm. so I got a heavy dose of that. I went through the whole, like, you know, okay, Hey, I have to, I have to like save you. So you need to accept you, you know, do you accept Jesus Christ? As you yeah. know? And I went through that whole thing and I said, yes. And I did that. And then I was in like youth group activities with other friends in middle school and high school where, you know, where basically what I, what I determined and, you know, I might just be an inherently cynical person, but what I figured out was like, Oh, Hey, youth group's interesting because what it really is, is you go and play sports for like 45 minutes. And then when you're all yeah. tired, they sit you down and tell you that you're horrible. And then if you don't change who you are, <laughs> you're going to go to hell. Um, you know, or they, or they do some other form of indoctrination, which, I mean, those are my major beliefs. As, as far as the person I am now, like, I think I'm really a, a big blend of all of the things that I've learned. I took a lot of religious studies courses in college. So I, I learned a lot about Buddhism and Hinduism and, and, you know, uh, just, just all of it. So I, I, I see where, I see where a lot of the crisscrosses are. Cause it's really like, it's, it's just a, a really complex Venn diagram where pretty much everything yeah. crosses over. And somewhere yeah. in the middle is believing that you need to be a good person for the greater good, because all of the things you do affect other people. And there is a greater order to the universe that is sort of about how we're all organized. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the stuff that I really, that I really connect with, but yeah, so, so, so you're gravitating toward the Catholic church and that's, and, and, and this, is, so you, you mentioned the multiple saints. So like mm -hmm. what, what about, what about the Catholic church is it that grabs you? Is it, is it the, is it just sort of the, the philosophy? Is it the idea of, cause I, cause I think what's interesting, Catholicism has a lot of sort of mysticism to it. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It really like on paper, it's really, really interesting. On the field, it's scary because it involves the scandals and all the other, you know, the abuses, yeah. the the massive amounts of wealth, the power structure, all these things. Oh yeah. But on paper, it's like, I mean, 
My wife and I burn uh, burn Jude candles all the time, especially mm-hmm. right now. Um, you know, I I love like St. Christopher and, you know, mm-hmm. having having these sorts of things, like in the same way that I carry a, a tiny version of, you know, of the some of the edicts of Buddhism, like there's there's a lot of really incredible value in these things that, that make it, it makes me understand why people get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in my case, I, I, going back to the idea of uh, the saints um, it, and tangibility, it's, uh, that was kind of what was starting to draw me in initially, mm-hmm. um, in part because there's, um, there's examples of women and, and they're, tre- and they're treated with a degree of respect. I mean, maybe not to the, maybe not the respect that they fully deserve as much as the, as those who, as those who are canonized like male saints. Um, but, um, it felt as though they had more of a place in the greater, the greater shape of things. Yeah. And certain one of arc is, is in there. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a medal that I sometimes wear of hers as well as one for the Virgin Mary, whenever I feel a little tempest tossed. <laughs> um, um, uh, let's see. And the fact of, um, or the idea of the Trinity, which used to kind of throw me. Um, I mean, that notion, I mean, the idea that, uh, like, who was Jesus talking to in the garden? Was he talking to himself? I mean, geez. Yeah. Um, but the I, but then the notion of, you know, lately, I guess I've been feeling like, well, you know, who are you, God? You don't know what we're feeling. You have no idea what it's like to be in this corporal body and have to, you know, deal with things like disease and doubt and all of these things. And with this idea of God having had a corporeal body, you can basically say, oh, yes, I have. I do know what it's like. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived here for 33 years. I know what this is like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think I, I would agree with you because I feel like the, the, the idea of the Trinity at least Again, it's like there's the mysticism there, mm-hmm. but it's also this idea that look, it's not all contained in one thing, because the thing that can you know the thing that becomes complicated about modern day Christianity, especially, is this sort of like well, God and Jesus are the same thing, and it's an all powerful, all knowing super being, mm-hmm. and you just have to you just have to praise it regardless of what happens or what goes on. Whereas at uh- least with the Trinity, you're sort of looking at things like, okay, this is. This, this is a grand sort of experiment by an unseen entity that is partially successful, but it also extends well beyond the, the limit of the experiment, right? That yeah, like, that's an Holy, interesting way to put it, yeah. The Holy Ghost is, is, is sort of faith itself, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, that's the impression that I get. I mean, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what that means, but... Yeah. But I think it's the um, thing that... I, I, I mean, I always sort of felt like it was supposed to be the... the the non-corporeal entity that was able to travel among humans, right? Like yeah. you've got the father and you've got the son and the Holy spirit is the thing that, and, and cause I always thought about this too, cause we, we would always cross ourselves at the, at mm-hmm. the table at my grandparents' house. And like, because you cross yourself for the Holy ghost, right? It, there's something that's sort of trans transitive and transmutive about that, right? That you go, you're acknowledging the top, and you're acknowledging the heavenly and the earthbound, mm-hmm. the father and the son. 
And then you're acknowledging the thing that sweeps across everything, right? Which yeah. is which is sort of like almost an acknowledgement of like everything else that we don't understand from physics, you know, to, to deep science, to, to uh, subatomic particles, to all of it. Like this is the thing that moves through all of these things move around or, or to use a star Wars reference, the fourth, <laughs> right. And like, I always, I, I, I like it from that perspective because then it's sort of like, well, Hey, I mean, we all, we all feel, um, we all feel moments of divine inspiration, right. Or, or, oh, yeah. Or just like the, the the moments when you feel a great sense of peace that just sort of comes over you and passes, or just or just a notion of like connection and compassion. Yeah, um, that's something that seems to be unique to human beings, and that seems to be something that we're all striving for. I mean, I don't know what else ultimately you're living for if you're not living for wealth or power or right. sex or anything else. I mean, that's and in this day and age, those seems to be the things that you're supposed to want. Right. Um, and yet it doesn't feel natural to keep striving for that. Like my well, dad and I had a discussion about that um, a few, maybe a month ago um, uh, when I was going through like a really like kind of a bad sort of depressive moment. And part of that was what I was depressed about. And he said, well, if, well, you under, I understand if you're going to play that game, you're always going to lose. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think that's true. And those things are like, you know, none none of those things ever. If if and I think this is something that 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 people in in religious circles would use as an analogy. But like, if you have a cup of sort of like essence or energy that exists, like those things sort of add splashes, but they never. But it always evaporates really quickly. Like you don't even really get a chance to hold it. You know? Yeah, it's like okay, now I have this thing what do I do to get to the next thing? Yeah, and yeah. it's just this appetite that you can never satisfy. And yet we've been conditioned by um, American standards to, I mean, this is the American dream. This is what you're supposed to want. This is what America is built on. And yeah, it doesn't. You're supposed to be grabbing the brass ring, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, no matter what you do, this is no matter who you step on, no matter who you kick out of the way, throw under the bus. This is what, this is the ideal. Yeah. Sorry, my cat is. Oh, that's okay. I, I, I like I like cat cameos. Listeners, the yeah, cat batting at the top of the laptop. Well, that's been fun. Over. Oh, He's hello. Over. Hi. Oh, you you're very handsome. He's Mr. Torrance. Nice. Oh, jeez. Annie's not here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I take it she's a Shining fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My, my my wife and I watch The Shining. Uh, yeah. Every year. Yeah, my husband often. Yeah, my husband and I quote it all the time, like, anything you say, Lloyd, anything you say. <laughs> and going back to The Shining, I actually saw this, um, I forget what his name is. I think his name is Real Dimension Pictures. He's a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and he'll do these very in-depth analyses of movies. He did a very good one about Jacob's Ladder recently, um, oh, nice. four-part yeah. thing. But he did one about The Shining, which is what I'm trying to talk about now, um, about the corruption of the American dream and how um, Jack is a Jack Torrance is a representative of the frustrations that happen when you don't get that gratification. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he wants, he, he's been told that he he's talented and therefore he should be able to become a successful writer and yeah. he can do it and nothing yeah. is working. And so he's basically, he's become a groundskeeper 
Yeah, and he's, he's writing a novel that, and he's writing this novel that is unpublishable, unreadable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, and that, and I think, I mean, that would drive all of us crazy. <laughs> I mean, especially uh, you and I, uh, both being people who have written and published books, like, I think yeah, getting yeah. to the point where someone finally acknowledges that you have something is really, oh yeah, it's a lot. It is, it's mm -hmm. a lot to get to a spot where you're like, oh, I might have something. And then you spend most, yeah. I mean, or then I spend most of my downtime going, I probably didn't have anything. I think both of those <laughs> books are garbage. That's, that's a problem. Maybe I should write another book, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but... Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, okay, so it's interesting because I feel like what we're doing is we're sort of, we're talking about faith in kind of, like faith, faith is divorced from religion. Mm -hmm. They're often hand in hand, but mm -hmm. they are not, uh, it's, yeah, not if, I, I, it's not an if and only if situation. Yeah, religion is kind of the context, the shape in which that faith is expressed. Right. So like the, 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 to, to use, to sort of talk about the, the faith of the American dream that you brought up, like mm -hmm. that takes shape in many forms, which is, well, sometimes it takes shape in becoming a movie star and other times it takes shape in, in a massive superstore that sells every possible thing that you could ever want. And all mm -hmm. of these things are sort of religious aspects of the American dream faith. Right. So, mm -hmm. so then when we talk about it from the religious standpoint, it's really about, you know, uh, I guess, see, because this is the thing that I think is interesting, because some people would define faith as simply like, I believe that there's a higher power. And I, and I often find myself unwilling to say that precisely, because what I yeah, think is that I am, be, I am too. I mean, okay. I, I think technically you'd have to say that I'm an agnostic. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> And a lot of people, and, and, and when I've heard a lot of people, because I, I used to pretty vocally identify as agnostic in late in high school and in, in college, and I'd get a lot of people who'd be like, well, you just can't decide anything. That's, that's lame. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not that I can't decide something. It's that I tend to lean toward atheism, but I'm willing to believe that there's some organizing system that's happening, and I don't really know mm -hmm. what it is, because there's definitely order. There's order that happens in, in the universe. I For mean, sure. gravity is a form of order. And I mean, if, if it comes down repetitive to like... And repetitive patterns in plants. Yeah, yeah. You talk about uh, fractalization of yeah. uh, cellular design and things like that. Like, there are so many things that build themselves. So then it becomes interesting to sort of figure like, well, how does that, how does our, our observance... Because, because I think that's what it is, right? Like, we observe that there has to be some sort of organizing system. Mm -hmm. um, because I sort of think like, and I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to remember if this was a Christopher Hitchens book that I had read or someone else. No, no, it's, it's, it was a, it was a book called the city in mind, um, by, by Kunz, Kunzler. Uh, but he, he talks about new urbanism, which is just a, 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 an architectural design concept that says, uh, we should be living in, small district sort of settings where everybody can walk to work at and shop in all the things they need because that makes so us basically just having like a village yeah like yeah systematic if you, villages okay if you live in if you live in a village you have all the things that you need within arm's reach and that makes everybody healthier happier and more connected mm -hmm. uh but but in talking about so he in the book he's surveying several cities around the world and he talks about mexico city and so part of what he talks about with Mexico City is that, well, it was built, it was originally uh, Tenochtitlan, which was a, an Aztec 
the Aztec capital. Mm-hmm. And it's on the top of a hill, and it's a city built on a religion of sacrifice and a religion of people he basically hearing the voice of God for the first time. What he posits is that <clears throat> is that there's a point kind of in in history, and this might be from the bicameral mind as well, uh, but it's it's sort of the idea that at some point in human evolution, um, we started having an internal monologue mm-hmm. and when we first started having it, we weren't able, we weren't capable of recognizing it as our own thoughts. So we thought something else was talking to us, right? So you'd be walking around and, and uh, so animal level, you're just like, I'm hungry, I eat. But you don't think mm-hmm. those things. You just feel hungry and you go get food. Mm-hmm. Then you reach a point where you become cognizant of the fact that you're hungry and you hear you need to get something to eat. And that's your own thought, but you're sort of early enough in the evolution that you process that as an external voice telling you. So then you create the essence of there must be a maker. Someone must be telling me that I need to go do these things because Mm -hmm. otherwise, why would I be hearing this voice? And then that predicates everything. Um, So I guess where I was going with this is, is like faith as it exists now seems to be like we have we have access to information we have access to understanding we have a an elevated sort of inner monologue and an understanding that when we think thoughts there are thoughts Mm -hmm. so it's so it's largely that we're creating order in the disordered by applying a a rule set to it i guess which means that science is faith just Mm -hmm. as uh religion is faith right? Like you're, you know, love is faith too. Like all of these things, anything that you can't tangibly hold, but you believe in and you, mm-hmm. and you pin yourself to has to be faith, right? What is, I I'd just like you to name like a couple of things that you really love about, about faith slash religion as you need to venture into that territory, but, but yeah. faith in general, but a couple of things that you really love about it. And then a couple of things that you, that you hate about it. Okay. Um, that I love about it, I would say, um, at least as shaped by Catholicism, that there's a lot of reflection. Um, there's a lot of um, images that kind of mirror each other. Like, um, it seems as though ah, the idea of the Annunciation seems to uh, seems to mirror that of the Holy Spirit being born in somebody who's devout, and the idea of uh, God as man is kind of supposed to be a reflection of what we should be striving for, not to fall into temptation and just keep, you know, keep the idea of compassion going. And that's that's what I like about it. And sorry, it's it's not often that I get to really put all this into words. This oh, is kind of, this is really kind of a, this has always been kind of a private thing for me. Um, it's always been just something that I've, that I've kind of been building, I, I guess, towards myself. Like I've been reading um, uh, Thomas Merton's The Seven Story Mountain, a lot of Flannery O'Connor, as, as I'm sure oh, yeah. you know. Sure. Uh, Meister, uh, Meister Eckhart is a big one for me. Um, okay. He was the one who had said something about, uh, let me see if I can actually pull up the quote. Okay. Um, he said something about the soul being born in God and God being born in the soul, which 
got him in a lot of trouble at the time when he was up and coming during the, I think, 14th century in Germany. But Because right, how dare he, he imply that God is born in any individual person? Yeah, how dare, how dare you, and how dare you say that we have, that God and man have something in common? Yeah, um, we have, we have, we're, we're awful forever, and we have to pay penance for being awful forever. Yeah, and yet we're made in God's image, so that, yeah. that he, doesn't he, make sense but he made either. A, but he made trash on purpose. <laughs> And he, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's, I mean, it's so, it's such an interesting thing because it is, I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, I, I have to, I mean, I'm going to thank you right now for, for doing this at all because it is, this is a really complicated topic to even talk about. And I know that we could talk, we could talk for two days about this and we're not going to get to the bottom of how <laughs> either of us specifically feel about the thing because, you know, um, yeah, I, I, there are, there are days where I definitely go, you know what, I don't, I don't think God could exist because everything is such a mess. And, mm-hmm. and if, if he were to exist in any sort of capacity that he's supposed to, you know, being all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving, all-powerful, um, why all of this? And, and I've read all of the philosophical arguments against and talking about, well, yeah, you know, uh, free will. And then, well, but couldn't he have created people who believe they have free will? And, and all those cycles. But, I, mean, the uh, thing, the, I mean, like I said, the thing about, and, pr- and part of the reason why I've, until now I've really kept this so private is because I don't think of God as a persona, exactly. Sure. I, th- I think of it more as similar to the Holy Spirit, a form of consciousness or j- maybe just an awareness in between, in between individuals that there needs to be a recipient here and in order for and in order for mankind to keep going we need to maintain this recipients of kindness and compassion and it's something that we can easily forget i mean i know i have i mean in light of everything that's been going on with corona i mean uh it's kind of tested me a little bit i mean i'm a oh, couple yeah. of days ago, I thought, I'm turning into an asshole. I was rude to that guy at the AT&T when I was trying to get a new phone. That, that never happens to me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, it's, it's pushing all of us, though. And that's, yeah. uh, but but I, think, I think you hit something really, really amazing there. And, and that's, like, the, the point of all, like, religion's point at its, at, its, at its essence, and the essence of what faith is, is this sort of, like, we're all connected to each other. We all, we, we all, we all, like, it's not a matter of owing each other something. It's that we inherently are each other. And, yeah, so- and I think that's the concept of grace as well. Like yeah. um, the idea that you don't, you are kind to somebody, you might, they might not deserve it. You might not even know who they are, but it's something, it's a pick me up. It's something that keeps them going for one more day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is, I mean, that's, and that's the thing we're in short supply of, right? Because there is, there is a sort of, an essential element to the way this country works is competition, right? Like, oh yeah, capitalism is predicated on competition, but our society is, is predicated on competition. Social media forces us into competition, whether it's- Yeah, how many likes, how many followers you have. And, and so you're competing with people to do this and that. And, and we see this happen, right? Where we see, we, we, I'm sure we've both had friends who, who post something vague that is, that is uh, dark and concerning. 
Mm-hmm. It's designed to it create like it, it's I need attention and, and it could come from a completely valid and necessary oh, yeah. actual depression. But it but it manifests in this sort of like, well, the only way that I'm going to force people to do this for me is by being so vague that a bunch of people type what's going on. Yeah. And so I get the validation that I'm seeking. And like, yeah, we're 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 so so how do we so how do we exist when we're sort of in cross purposes here, like mm-hmm. we want to, I, I would assume like it, regardless of whether you're religious or not, like we all, we all want to live in grace. Like I think even the most atheist sort of people I know, they have philosophies that are based around like, Oh, we're of course supposed to be loving each other. Like we're supposed to be taking care of each oh, other, yeah. but that's why we organize <laughs> as a society. Right. So, so how do we, like, how do we do that? How do we beat back? the demand to to take what you can when you can which is pretty much what what our society tells us like you better like if you get an opportunity step on everybody you have to take that opportunity <laughs> like it's yours right now how do we how do we uh, be graceful how do we how do we have that kind of love and compassion at the same time i mean i would feel like Initially, as a society, we would need to slow down in order for that to happen. Yeah. yeah and I think, I, I think that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and because, and, and, well, you know, I, my wife and I were just, we, we were talking to my, to my dad and my stepmom a little bit ago, right, right before we actually got on to record this show. Mm-hmm. And, and part of, you know, my, my frustrations politically with this country come down to you know, I mean, it, it, there are myriad things. I'm not going to go on a on a big rant and rave, but mm-hmm. but I mean, we we both uh, are certainly aware, and then the listeners are aware of of you know, there's conspiracies around the coronavirus. There's also this very forceful, uh, not large, but forceful and loud movement to open up, and people are you know that that we have people who show up with with semi or fully automatic weapons. To, Which is just counterintuitive. What is the point of doing that? Right. Like if you're if you're like are you if you're so afraid of something, then why? I, I don't. Why do you but, need to feel like? Why do you need to be armed? Yeah. So we so we have this thing where where, and and, and I guess, and I could be wrong about this, but I tend to feel like the people who are both they're, they're going to be ardently conservative and religious, and they're also going to be the people who are gun toting and going out. Yeah, which which never really made sense to me, but yeah, okay. Well, so I try to figure out like what's where is where is the place where we actually become compassionate? Not just pretending like well, yeah, we're compassionate every Sunday, but when it comes down to it, the other six days out of the week, I deserve mine, and I'm going to do whatever I want to get mine. And if you want to even inconveniencely mine, inconveniencely eh, inconvenience me minorly, I'm going to destroy you, like. I, I don't know. I have a I, I have a tough time with that, and that's not even really a faith thing so much as a, a an application of faith, like the practicality of of the labels that we that we put on ourselves. Yeah, sure. This this is going to be a more fun one. Okay. <laughs> if, if you could make your own religion, what might that look like? Oh wow. Um, I mean, again, it would probably look a lot like Catholicism. I mean, there's somebody. There's a different person to look to for every possible event i mean joan of arc is a patron saint of 
prisoners and soldiers, and then you've got um, Saint Anthony, and then you've got this, per- and then you've got uh, oh Saint Lucia, and you've got all these different people um, who experience, who know what your specific experience has been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I understand that back in the Middle Ages, people would take advantage of the um, the intercession of the saints and the relics of the saints by saying, oh, hey, we've got uh, St. John the Baptist's skull. Well, actually, we've got St. John the Baptist's skull. You should pay all this money to see it. <laughs> oh, was St. John the Baptist a seven-headed guy? Well, there's three different, there's seven different churches that have his head. He, he was a known hydra, yeah. <laughs> Like uh, there's a place um, that I went to. It's in um, it's in Mystic, Connecticut. It's close to where I'm from. It's called uh, the Saint Edmund Society on Ender's Island, and oh. they have um, the arm bone of Saint Edmund of Canterbury. Oh wow! Yeah, like in its bishop's purple sleeve and everything. This mummified arm. And what do you like? What do you do with those? I mean, I, I, I get I get the curiosity of of you know it, it's a curio in the in the greatest definition. But like, what do you do with <laughs> what do you do with those with those bones? Like, what do they what do they do? Does anybody break them out and like okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a ceremony and cast a, a like what what is it? I mean. In my case, it's initially I was a little freaked out by it. Like, what is this? Do, is it even? Is that even Saint Edmund's arm? Is that right. his real arm, well, or is yeah, that? I mean, and how did they get it? We'll we'll forego the they... fact that I'm sure they didn't DNA <laughs> and carbon date any of these. Yeah, bones. I'm sure. Um, but the idea of it is again back to tangibility. It's somebody was there with the same amount of faith and who's striving for the same thing as you are. And again, I can understand that some saints were erroneously uh, canonized, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think at one point, I'm, I hope he's, I hope they haven't taken his canonization away. Uh, there was a dog that was canonized, which I think is all, which I actually think is awesome. I honestly think every single dog <laughs> should be canonized because they're probably the most saintly beings among us. Yeah. And I like the fact that uh, the current Pope said that, yes, dogs do go to heaven. So that's... I, I like that. I like that sentiment, too. <laughs> that, gives, that gives me a lot of hope because, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we, we all lose pets over time. And, you know, yeah. it'd be nice to see him again. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I, I think about... In my in my religion, I would have a saint that's a dog. Oh, good. I would have I would have many saints that are dogs. Hell, I'd I'd have a deity that was a dog. <laughs> saints can be people. That's fine. They can learn how to sit and heal. The dog will rule over all. <laughs> dog. Yeah, you know, I because uh, when I when I think about what it would look like, I mean, it kind of ends up looking like a blend of all the best part. I mean, it's the Venn diagram thing that I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I think, uh, uh, like the more the more and more that I read about about Judaism, the more I really really like it because it's it's sort of this constant pursuit of knowledge, right? I love oh, yeah. that as an as an essence. Like, if if your if your religious devotion is to learning more and trying to figure stuff out, yeah, it's a uh, constant striving toward whatever God is, and just learn. I think there's just. Uh, 
and education towards just studies of learning what God's the true name of God and all of that. And there's, I remember, I remember back in high school, I was interested in Judaism and I remember I had a friend at a summer writing program who was, who, who was interested in gematria, which was the numerical, uh, the numerical, uh, like a, a Hebrew character could, like a like a Hebrew character had a value had a numerical value. Oh, so it's like a cipher sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I might I might be completely butchering that notion, but it's it sounded really interesting to me. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I I think it's just you know, I think I think any I think any faith or religion that that pushes you to learn more instead of learn less. Is, mm-hmm. is, is where I end up, right? And all of yeah. them, and all of them in some format say, learn more, always strive to be better. And those are the things that I want, right? Like that, I, I, I love Buddhism because Buddhism is about, is about really trying to understand yourself and really trying to understand that when you do things to other people, you hurt yourself. And it's true because you do. Like, mm-hmm. If I and by and uh, in, in turn the things that you did to hurt somebody else is going to come back to hurt you. So it's a con- again reflection, right? Because it's because because like because <clears throat> the karmic cycle and reflection and all these things are either immediate or they're or they're long lasting or or they reflect in a or or they sort of reflect in a refracted way, like mm-hmm. like what you mentioned about you know being being hard on the person at AT and T getting a new phone, right? Like. I'll do, I'll do something where like, I'll say something and I'll feel completely righteous about it in the moment. And then later that evening, I'll be sitting around going, God, you know, I really, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And then I'll feel bad about it. And that feeling of that, that feel, that negative feeling that you get is, 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 yeah. is reflection. Like that's yeah, the, like, the thing that comes back to you is like, gosh, you know, I could have been, I could have been better there. Yeah, and I should have like, been better there. Yeah, like I tried to justify it to myself, and I did apologize to the guy. Oh, sure. Um, by, you know, like, well, I got furloughed, and then uh, due to corona, we all got laid off, and now I have no money, and then my phone stopped working, so now I have to get another one and be a little, I'm just going to be snippety to this guy who's just trying to help me. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, was, that, and those are the and, things. You know, that- you can't project your whole. Yeah, you can't project all of your trials and tribulations onto somebody who is just trying to help you. And that's something that I often forget. Oh, I think I think we all do. And I and I think, you know, yeah. as you brought up before again, like it's sort of it's part of the it's part of the American religion, which is that well me, me, me. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I project my stuff on you because there's not anybody else. And there's not supposed to be. I'm supposed to be winning. Yeah, like yeah, I feel like, like, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, very much. Yes. Yeah, I feel like the American monologue is voiced by Master Shake. Like, yeah. Oh, Hello, yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he's, and that, and that is what it is. Like, we're, we're, we are, we're constantly in this, in this push-pull between the image of ourselves that we're supposed to be, which is, <laughs> well, I, I'm supposed to be a millionaire, and I'm supposed to have a boat, and you know, have a perfect body and have the ideal job that I want. And everybody's supposed to do what I ask them to do when I ask them to do it. And it's all supposed to work perfectly. And then there's the reality, which is well, 99% of those things don't ever happen. You, you just have the life you have and it, and it is what it is. And, uh, you know, 
and the person who you're talking to has no real power because they're actually like the lowest rung of the totem pole at the company that yeah. you're talking to. So uh, yeah, but that's how they designed it, right? The, the, there is an intelligent design to the way companies are put together, which is let, we're going to put the, the, the infantry, you know, the red shirts are on the front line and they're going to take all the shit while everybody at the top, uh, you know, re reaps the profit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, to be honest, I wouldn't. Eat, I wouldn't know what to do with great wealth if I had it. I mean, I was certainly born into privilege. Yes, I mean, I my parents were able to pay for college. Money was yeah. never a worry, and you know, I'm I don't have any debt. Um, but at the same time, it's it's like I. They also raised me with this notion that you know, the world does not revolve around you. You need to understand that you need to work for yourself and you need to be responsible. Yeah. And so I wouldn't know what to do with, if somebody handed me a million dollars right now, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to have it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, sure. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be paralyzed with just like, well, gosh, I could buy a bunch uh, of things, but what should I like, what should I buy? Cause what would, I mean, what makes the most sense? I and mean, like, <laughs> like, I guess a house, we'd like a dog, and uh, maybe we'd like to travel. When traveling is allowed mm. again, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I, yeah, this is, this is, this has been a good conversation. I think, so I guess, so, so to, to, to summarize a little bit. Like, what do you, what do you think faith is? Like, or not even like, what do you think it is? Not in the, not in the lofty sense of defining it, but, but what is, what is faith to you above all else? I think to me, it's the same thing that God is to me in that it's seeing yourself in another person at the same time as the other person sees you. Interesting. So it's, so it's basically namaste, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I'm 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 apt to agree with you. I wish I I wish I had some sort of compelling argument to make, but <laughs> but I think that's. I mean, I think the uh, faith 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 in the largest sense perhaps is just that I'm going to wake up tomorrow, the sun will rise, and I'm going to have the opportunity to continue living the best life that I can live. Faith in the more practical sense is well, every person I pass is going to at very least be indifferent to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, because I, cause, cause otherwise what, I mean, cause, cause to be, to be faithless, I think is to reach a point of saying, well, every other person is out to destroy me. And therefore I have no reason to believe in any interconnectivity or even like a social contract. And yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that would be the opposite of God is that you would, uh, I think I think the general definition of hell is that that is your distance from God, and that's kind of what it feels. And that's yeah, that would be a good definition of the opposite of faith. Is yeah. nobody gives a shit. We're all just gonna crap out, and the world's gonna boil away, and you know, just fuck it. It's, yeah, just that's the, it. It's it's just a. You know, uh, why not? Uh, why not just take from the guy next to me? Since yeah. there's no since there's no consequence. Yeah, per pervasive uh, uh, sol solipsism, right? Where it's like, okay, well, I'm the only thing. I'm the center of the universe. I'm the only thing that exists. And <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the only thing that exists. All the rest of the stuff is trash. 
and it's all here for my consumption or disposal. Yeah. Right. Gosh. I mean, and I, and I feel like there are a lot of people maybe in power right now who have that, who have that perspective. Yeah, and yet you can't get elected unless you declare yourself a Christian. Which or is... Unless, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. How do you... I mean, how do you feel, like... How do you feel about the, the general manipulation of, of religion? Like... It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, I think, in, I think through it, there, had, there could be a way to connect there could be it's this wonderful tool that we could possibly use and yet we have people who are just opportunists who use it for careerism or uh for deception this that and the other and it's uh, it's <laughs> and they're surprised that there are so many atheists in the world oh yeah yeah no i mean i think i you know you'd mentioned the you know the scandals associated with the catholic church but but there's not really any, I mean, I agree, we've got, we have all these, these, you know, these big name uh, evangelical preachers, right? Your Joel Osteens and your, and your Jim Bakers and all these people who, yeah. you know, I, I think one of the things that mainly turned me off to religion when I was a kid actually was that it was the rise of televangelism in the eighties and early. Yeah. 90s. How tacky is all that stuff and i would watch and you know uh, this guy is speaking smoothly and he's holding envelopes of money to his forehead and saying i'm praying for you and your back and it's like you know what this this is weird it's weird that anybody would buy that this is a, a even a genuine sort of caring right like i i I could get it from like the sideshow perspective. Like if we're talking about this is this is a, a traveling like uh, tent revival sort of situation where you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of I'm half here for the faith and I'm half here for the entertainment. Oh but yeah, but the idea that like people send hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to to other yeah. to these people who just say, well, you got to keep sending me money because if you send me money, you'll get some money back. And if you send me money, uh, you'll be able to walk again or your cancer will go away or whatever. And it's like, well, but this, yeah. like, there's really not, there's not a single, uh, there's not a single faith. There's not a single religious text, I think, that says like, hey, you got to buy your way yep. in. Yeah. Oh, well, back in the day in Catholicism, it was the indulgences, which is what made the split well, to sure. begin with. Yeah. But, 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 you know, uh, by and large, like Jesus is flipping money changing tables, like, oh, yeah, like, a, a, <laughs> you know, a camel through a, the, the eye of a needle. Like you've got all these things that are about like having money isn't like you can't buy your way to, to grace, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you like, are graceful. Like this whole thing. It, I, I don't know if you saw that documentary, uh, Marjo. Oh, um, no. My husband, my, I think, I think my husband saw it. I haven't seen all of it yet, but uh, it's about this um, evangelical preacher uh, who kind of designed his approach um, through like mimicking rock stars. Like he said, oh yeah, Mick Jagger and people like that. I'll, you know, strut across the stage and, you know, strut my stuff. And then you see him like counting money in the back and saying, yeah, this is how I get people. I act like a rock star. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, because to a certain extent, right? Like, some of what happens is is faith is easily manipulated by confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
someone who's looking for something to guide them is ripe to be plucked by someone who's ready to guide or who at least says they are. And I mean, that's, that's cults and everything else. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, anybody, anybody to me who says I have the answer is immediately I'm, I'm wary. Yeah. I mean, that's why I haven't settled on any religion and why I probably never will. And, uh, is that okay? Well, mm, there's yeah. well, there's it takes all types to make a world. It's not just you. Well, sure, and I mean, and, and that's and that's kind of those are the things that make Judaism and, and Buddhism and and a lot of these these searching based faiths mm-hmm. so interesting to me because it's yeah, often, and and Catholic mysticism. I mean, it's all about where it's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, go out and find it. Mm-hmm. Go find the answer. Find the answer in you, of you, and through you. And those things are, are tangible. And that's also, and it, and it means, you know, sit and be quiet and listen, listen to what your breath tells you. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's way more valid to me than a guy with pyrotechnics and a microphone coming out <laughs> and being like, today is the Lord's day and I have, I have heard from the man himself, I'm going to tell you, you know, and, and, and it's... Testify. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, you know, we're being silly, but that's actually what happens regularly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 no, and no shame on anybody who actually, who takes solace in that. Like, that's cool, but it's also, you know, it's, it's scary that, I mean... When they start asking for money, then uh, yeah. the bloom is off the rose at that right. point. Well, and, and, and just for me, it's like, it's that easy to do. Like you and I could yeah. spitball a sermon right now that would probably be very effective, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have any more questions about faith. Do you have any, do you have anything you want to add? Anything that's like any, any big, you know, big revelations or, or, or just anything like, uh, you know, anything that I've, I've talked over you a little bit. So I'm, I'm, uh... something. <laughs> Um, not, not immediately. No. Okay. I wish I, I wish I had some last minute, some last minute thing. Well, no, that's, that's, that's (laughs) cool. Um, what, what I'll say is, uh, you know, I, I really, I admire your writing so much and it's, and it's, thank you very much. Pleasure to be able to like, you know, we have, we have collaborated on, on several writing projects. I I like to think of you as a, as a friend and we've never been a person. Um, but but I'm so excited that you've got, you know, you've got Joyful Mysteries coming out soon in, in July. Um, you know, Andermatt County is, is you know, I, actually, I want to talk about these books first. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of faith in these books that's really important. So, you know, Andermatt County, the, the, the story that, that uh, we had worked on through Boned and that you had adapted is, is all about a protagonist who is that very kind of charismatic roadside preacher type who who he he's able to pull in a younger man who's who's you know untethered from any sort of thing and doesn't know what his what his life is about and he's able to manipulate this idea of the perfection of of beauty and things into basically going on a a nationwide road trip murder spree of of young girls because they are they are pure and we have to save them from Mm -hmm. that while also, I think, sort of using it as like a, a way to ascend um, to a sort of higher level of, 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 of grace. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so there's a lot of faith in that book, right? 
And then, and then Ivy Day Two is a story that's that's. I mean, one, it's about the the American the American religion because it's mm-hmm. about fame and and that fame is the <laughs> is the sort of god that we pray to. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also about uh, it's also about sort of the the, the collective. Um, I guess the the way that we end up becoming uh, uh, congregates of our of our of the people we're around, right? Like yeah. we end up, we end up falling into churches of other people that we yeah, like. Yeah. All these different fandoms, like even myself, like somebody last year um, at work, a friend of mine at work had said, had made some comment in passing like, Oh, Taylor Swift's kind of a hoe bag. And my immediate response, and I didn't say it out loud, but my response was like, don't you dare say a word against yeah. Taylor Swift. Don't talk about her that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we do. I mean, God, like the, the toxicity of the internet around video games, around Star Wars, around oh, a bunch yeah. of other things, right? Where, where these things become deified mm-hmm. and, and you get a certain section of people who go, oh, um, this is my God. And if you speak against it or if you even translate it differently, i.e. what you were saying about, <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, uh, God is born in you and you're born in God. Uh, well, you can't say that which is sort of the equivalent of like, well, you can't have a lady be in star Wars. That's stupid. And uh, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, your, your books are so, so thoroughly about this. And I guess like, this is going to be kind of a dumb question. Cause I think I know the answer, but I want you to answer it, which is like, why, why, why go this way? Right. Because you're, pro- you know, you're certainly a talented enough writer that you could probably just, you know, you could probably deal in, in, apparitions in the more you know in the more horror sense like you could talk about ghosts (laughs) or you could just talk true crime without any of the sort of religious sort of connections but you seem to always come back to this idea that we're that we're searching for meaning and we're dedicated to it and that leads us down paths that are either great or or really horrible so what, why, why is that? Why do you, why, why this? Why, Pam? I, why? I think, <laughs> I think, th- I think it's because at least in my, in my perspective, they, f- people need to feel that they have some kind of a purpose and that they are through even the most menial tasks that there's, that it's going to add up to something. Um, they're going to receive their just rewards at the end and, you know, or, even if they don't personally reap the benefits of the good that they do, then, then at least someone else will have benefited from what they did. And that's, and that's what I think, that's what I think it comes from. So it's, so it's the, it's the, it's the legacy thing. Yeah. Like I, like I have even said before that I would prefer to be, I, I, if I don't get famous during my lifetime, I'd like to be famous posthumously, like Kafka or somebody. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, immor- least- immortality is, is yeah. I mean, that's, we're, all, we're all craving that, right? I, think, I mean, I think the reason oh, yeah. why we write books at all is because mm-hmm. it's, they, they are children, but they have no lifespan. Like, there's, yeah. it's potential that any one of your books could easily still exist in some format in 300 years, in 5,000 years. That yeah, that'd be a dream if that right? if that could if that could happen. Well, I'll tell you what, Space Boy will keep paying our bills so that so that at least one of them okay is always available. <laughs> thank thank you very much. <laughs> um, thank thank you for coming on on the show to talk. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean this was this was a lot of fun. 
I think, uh, and I, and I think, you know, listeners, you, you probably had a good time too. I hope, I assume you did. I mean, uh, this is, this is some, uh, some heady stuff, but I think it's also, I don't know. I think it's important right now to, to kind of talk about where we find ourselves, how we, how we confront reality. And, and that's, that's kind of what faith is all about. So, um, do you have anything, Pam, that you would like to plug other than your book? Because we, we plugged your book. The Joyful Mysteries will be coming out in uh, July of, of 2020. <laughs> Hell or high water. And we're dealing with both. So uh, any, anything else you'd like to plug? Websites? Any, anything you want people to do? Oh, let's see. If you'd like to find me on Instagram, I'm, my handle is at Panimal Jones. And it's, the, and it's the same for Twitter, Panimal Jones. And... Yeah, if you want, if you'd like to find me and say hello, I'd I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to. <clears throat> Great, yeah. Um, you know, I would I would say also that that uh, everybody should read all of your work because I mean we've had conversations about <laughs> the parallels between you and and like Shirley Jackson, but like they're they're big and they're and they're here to stay. Um, I you know editing editing I'm throwing air quotes up pretty heavily, folks. Uh, Editing Ivy Day was one of the most pleasurable experiences I've had doing publishing at all because it really, wow. like, well, there's no, <laughs> there, there wasn't anything to edit. It was like, oh, I mean, I guess she got sleepy here. So there's a comma where there shouldn't be, but otherwise it's just like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, uh, so guys, bottom line listeners, the, there, there are really excellent books happening that, that are not, you know, they're not on the New York Times bestseller list because there are so many people with a lot of talent. But Pam is somebody you really need to know about. So uh, you got to look. Thank you so up. much. Um, I will plug uh, one uh, the theme song you heard at the top of the show. You didn't hear it, Pam, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put it in. What is it? It's uh, our our show theme song, uh, written by uh, Michael J. O'Connor and performed by him. And he is awesome. And he has a Bandcamp site, so you can go check out all of the music that he's written at Michael J. O'Connor bandcamp.com i encourage you to do that uh he is he's he's a really phenomenal poet and lyricist uh and an incredible musician so nice. i Pam, i would recommend him to you too uh and yeah you know guys we're 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 still in an unprecedented time um you know at time of recording uh the, the country's starting to reopen up uh at time of post we don't have any idea what's going to be going on so i'm just going to say that i hope everyone is still safe and healthy uh, when when this is up, and uh, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep taking care of each other, and hopefully, we will we will have the faith to to uh, find grace in ourselves and in each other. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you again, Pam. This has been a wonderful. Yeah. Thank and, you for and, having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, this is great, and and we'll have we'll we'll have you on another time, uh, maybe with a little more a little more of the the fun festive version of the show. Yeah, I I would um, love to see. I yeah, I'd love to see. Um, the show and it's uh just unfolded the way as you usually do <laughs> oh yeah yeah well it, it, yeah it's love real to see the, the game show the game show aspect i'd really like to see <laughs> it sounds it sounds like uh uh points don't matter kind of like uh whose line is it anyway yeah oh it's it, i i have a lot of i have a lot of very very uh popular public influences so yeah there's a lot of that going uh but yeah so listeners thank you again so much if you like this show uh, please rate, review us, uh, subscribe. All those things would be awesome. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at uh, in the A Vague Idea Podcast online group thing. It's a wonderfully long name, and it's easy to find that way. 
We also have at a vague idea pod on Twitter and at a vague idea podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, everybody be well, take care of yourselves and uh, bye bye. Yay. A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, Ms. Shannon Page, and sometimes John Peros. Information about topics often come from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons public domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Grokowski. You can find Spaceboy books at readspaceboy.com. 